The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. New Year's Eve Cassie, it's simply that I'd like you to be a little more sophisticated. You mean you wouldn't mind my running around at night and not knowing where I was or what I was doing? Oh, stop it. But that's what it sounds like, Mother. The point is you're not going back to that convent. You're going to another school, maybe one nearby. Oh, Mother, please. I mean it, Cassie. But it won't do any good. You can't destroy me. You can't destroy me, Mother. I won't let you. You must be out of your mind. No, I'm very sane. And I won't be what you seem to want me to be. Oh, in the name of heaven, what's the matter with you? There's nothing the matter with me, Mother. Oh, I wish I hadn't come home for the holidays. I wish I'd stayed at school. They love me there. They they love me and they care about me. Don't you think I care about you? (laughs) See, what kind of a mother do you think I am? I don't know. I just don't know. It was not a very pretty situation, but nothing was very pretty in my home, except my wife and my 16-year-old daughter. They were both very beautiful. Home itself was a seven-room apartment overlooking the Schuylkill River near Philadelphia. Most of the time, Corrine was the sole occupant. Kathy was at school, and I lived in a New York hotel because my office was in New York, and, well, it seemed like the best possible arrangement. Corrine and I didn't get along. Occasionally, I'd go home for the weekend. I planned to be there for New Year's. Meantime, Corrine and Kathy were exposed to each other. Until this particular moment, they seemed to have gotten along all right. It began with Corrine looking at Kathy as if she were seeing her for the first time. 
darling. You're really very attractive. I have an attractive mother and a very handsome father. <laughs> you would notice that. Mother, mm -hmm. I wish things were different. Different? Yeah, between you and Daddy. you like like perfect strangers to each other. Oh. Well, you get adjusted to things like that, darling. I mean, you make such a beautiful couple. You must have both been in love once. And... Oh, listen, Kathy. What about New Year's Eve? What are your plans? Have you made any? I've been invited. Oh, I'm glad. Who invited you? Hank Thompson. Hank. Why, darling, you'll be the envy of every girl there. Well, that's just wonderful. You mean it's all right for me to go with him? Of course. I think we should go shopping for a nice dress for you. Something something sophisticated. <laughs> that's all right. I don't need a new dress. Oh, but I want you to look your very best. Mother, I really don't want another dress. I mean it. Well, if you say so. Oh, hand me a cigarette, will you? You don't smoke, do you? No. They don't encourage us in the vices at school. Not my school, anyway. <laughs> well, I don't consider smoking such a vice. Do you want me to smoke? Want you to? Oh, of course not. Only, <laughs> don't sound so puritanical. I'll begin to think you're getting ideas about becoming a nun. No, I don't think I'll ever be a nun, Mother. Darling, are you happy at that school? Oh, crazy about it. Sounds so dull to me. I mean, you never talk about dates or anything. I don't have any. You don't have any? No. And you don't mind? I don't mind. We have dances, Mother, and there's a boys' school close by, and we'll go chaperoned. Chaperoned? Oh, no. <laughs> don't you approve of chaperones? Well, I... It just seems a little antiquated. I mean, after all... You know something? I like it. We all do. I guess it makes us realize that somebody cares about us. And it gives a girl a sense of security. You know what I mean? It, it makes you feel that, well, that you have roots and that you belong and that someone loves you. Darling, you sound so odd. Odd? Well, I suppose these nuns are very nice, and I suppose it's their job to look after you, but I mean... They can hardly replace your mother. Don't you think I care about you? Don't you feel any security just knowing that you have a home and a mother? I only meant that... Well, I'm rather curious about what you did mean. Well, I don't care to go out with Hank Thompson. He hasn't a very good reputation to start with, and, well, everybody knows that. But you think it's all right for me to date him. Well, darling, I just assumed you could take care of yourself. After all, you're 16. That's what I was talking about, Mother. The nuns don't believe a 16-year-old is capable of taking care of herself. And I know they're right. I mean, I just know they're right. Well, anyway, don't you worry about what I'll do New Year's Eve. I'll find something to do. Well, yes, of course. You have plenty of friends. Please don't be offended, Mother. Well, Kathy, I'm not sure I know what to say. I've, I've tried to be like any other mother. Apparently, I'm not a very good one. Oh, but I didn't mean that. I think you did. And I'm not sure I quite like the idea of these nuns alienating you against your own mother. But they're not. Well, I think they are. And I certainly don't relish the idea of my daughter growing into a, a prude and an old maid. So that 
that was the situation I came home to on New Year's Eve. I guess it was only for Kathy's sake I did show up. When I got home, Kathy was in her neighbor's apartment visiting a girlfriend. Corrine had just gotten back from the beauty parlor. Shall I fix you a drink? Oh, not for me. I have some papers to look over. I had your dinner jacket pressed for tonight. Oh, thanks. What's Kathy doing? I really have no idea. She going out? I suppose so. She hasn't confided in me. Well, what's that supposed to mean? You had a great idea sending her to that school. And what's wrong with that school? Nothing. Nothing's wrong with it. If you want your daughter to wind up an old maid and a prude... A prude? Yes, a prude. I don't think there's any danger of that. Don't you? Well, I do. Look, I like to know where Kathy is every night. I know she's safe at that convent school. Besides, she likes it there. She's having a great time. You mean if she were home, she wouldn't be safe? I got that from her, too. And now I get it from you. Well, what am I around here? Some sort of female monster? A prude. Is that what you think Kathy is? It's just beginning to register. Corrine, am I to understand that you resent your daughter being a decent girl? Is that it? Isn't she up to date enough for you? she too much self-respect to suit your modern ideas? Oh, I can see what kind of New Year's Eve this is going to be. And I wish I were a thousand miles away from all this. A jet plane leaves every hour on the hour. Oh, you really hate me, don't you? I don't even know you. Hello? Kathy? No, she's not home. Who's this? Oh, Hank. Yes. Yes, well, she did mention you'd invited her. Well, look, I'll have her call you back. Yes, I agree. I think she should make up her mind. Well, all right, Hank, I'll tell her. Uh-huh. Goodbye. Daddy, how nice you came home early. Hello, sweetheart. Uh, Kathy, Hank just called. Oh? Darling, New Year's Eve is tonight. Don't you think you should be a little more definite when a boy asks you to go out on New Year's? Well, I was definite. I told him no. He just doesn't think I meant it, but I did. I'm sorry, but I, I just don't feel as if I can trust him. Oh, what sort of talk is that? Anybody would think you were a child. She is one. She's only 16. Hey, how about giving your old man a date for lunch? I'll take you to the Marriott. Oh, I love it, Daddy. All right. All right. Will you join us, Corey? After that, she stopped by to visit some more of her friends. I went home. Corrine was in the room. She said she had a headache. I'd like to social Well, Corrine, Kathy's quite a girl. The fact is, she's for you. She's wholesome. You know, it's quite a feeling to realize that your daughter's a decent person. Kind. Thoughtful? You know, honey, 
Mm-hmm. Betty, I want you to grow up. You're too naive, and well, frankly, it embarrasses Now, don't look. It's simply that I'd like you to be or what I was doing? Well, that's what it sounds like, Mother. The point is, you're not going back to that convent. You're going to another school, maybe one nearby. Oh, Mother, please. I mean it, Kathy. But it won't do any good. You can't destroy me. You just can't destroy me, Mother. I won't let you. You must be out of your mind. Oh, no. I'm very sick. I won't be what you seem to want me to be. Hey, Mother Come in. I'm afraid your daughter is having a tantrum. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't ask questions. It was New Year's Eve. I wanted to avoid further unpleasantness. A little after 10 o'clock, Corrine and I were ready to leave. We said goodnight to Kathy and exchanged New Year's wishes. And then the phone rang. Corrine answered it. Hello? Oh, Hank. Yes, Kathy's still here. Just a minute. Kathy? It's mm-hmm. Hank. Oh, I'll be right there. Good night, dear, and don't forget to take your key when you leave. Mm-hmm. Good night, Mother. Daddy? Happy New Year again, sweetheart. Have a good time tonight. Oh, I will. Have fun. Hello, Hank? still snow and ice on the road, and I had to drive with care. It took three quarters of an hour to get as far as Villanova, which left us still another five miles to go. Corrine sat beside me silently. I could sense she was jittery, and somehow I knew why. Where's Kathy going tonight? You didn't check on that either, did you? Well, what's that supposed to mean? Oh, I don't know what it's supposed to mean. I just know that suddenly I'm scared. You scared? Bill, I'm in no mood for that kind of remark. That was Hank Thompson who called just before we left. He has quite a reputation. He's been after her all day to go out with him. I told her I wanted her to be more like other girls her age, more... Oh, more worldly. I wasn't very nice to her. I threatened to put her in another school. You did what? Well, never mind that now. Isn't there a telephone somewhere along here? I want to call her. Maybe she hasn't left yet. Bill, I'm scared. Don't you understand? There's no phones anywhere along this road. Well, then turn around. Turn the car. I want to go back. Got to find out where she is or where she's going. Maybe it's not too late. I didn't argue. Her sudden panic communicated itself to me. 
We looked for a public phone on the way back. Everything was closed. When we got home, Corrine spent 15 minutes on the phone trying to trace Kathy, but without any luck. It was now pretty close to midnight, and we forgot about the party. Bill, anything should happen to her tonight. She's at some party. She's safe. Now, I know it, and you know it. We were crazy to come back like this. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, where is she? I'll fix a drink. She told me she wouldn't let me destroy her. I've been thinking about that all evening. You see, Bill, I tried. I really tried. I read all sorts of books on how to raise a girl. How they should be given freedom to express themselves, not be repressed. And then you sent her to that school to learn discipline. And I thought you were doing it just to spite me. And I... I felt I was failing her. Failing her every day she was away from me. I resented it. I hated it. I resented you and hated you for sending her away from me. Yeah. I didn't even discuss it with you, did I? No, but you were right. You did the right thing. We weren't capable of raising her, and you knew it. And I've been... I've been jealous of what the nuns were doing for her instead of being grateful. I was always so confused. When she was just a little girl, I used to tuck her into bed every night. Then when she was about seven, I stopped because... I read somewhere in a book it was wrong to. Oh, Bill, where is she? Where is she? She's all right. She went out with that boy. I... Here. Sip a little of this, huh? Thank you. And what could I say to her if anything happened to her? I'd be responsible. I'd have driven her to it. Nothing will happen to her. She can be trusted. She's only 16, Bill. I was 16 once, and so were you. She's with Hank Thompson. I know it. And she's with him because of me. Because I wanted her to be more grown up. The old year was dying. And there was Corrine standing at the window, and I, with my arms about her for the first time in years. Uh, maybe it was a good way to end the year, taking stock of ourselves, instead of having a meaningless time at some party. The only important thing to us both was our daughter. And that was how we saw the new year in, tormented by guilt and the terrible anxiety. Go out with Hank Thompson? Oh, 
As a matter of fact, I did. That's why he called. He said he wanted to go to Midnight Mass with me. He knew that's where I was going. Midnight Mass? Is that where you feel? I didn't tell you because, well, I thought you might object. Oh, darling. We went by cab. I told him I wouldn't go by car. And, you know, he didn't mind a bit. You took Hank Thompson to Midnight Mass. He liked it. And when he brought me home, he didn't even ask to come up because he thought you were out. Oh, he's really very nice, and he thinks I'm a nice girl. I mean, he said so. He said he'd like to meet you, and... Oh, I've been so worried. Oh, Mother, please don't. There's nothing wrong. I've been so afraid, darling. For me? <laughs> oh, that's Hank. He said he'd call from the lobby to chat for a while. Hello? Oh, hi, Hank. He wants to talk. Tell him to come on up, Kathy. <laughs> Hank? <laughs> I guess our family was reborn with a new year. We were together. There was a little more understanding. And we had a daughter who was unspoiled. And that was something. It was a great feeling. Listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria 
at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.